This ties into the whole doctrine of the perseverance of the saints. Once you're saved today, you're saved for eternity. The purposes and the plan of God cannot feel the work of Christ at Calvary, cannot feel when you put your faith in Christ, and that means running into the tower, then you are safe, and you are the recipient of all the goodness of God that He can pour upon you. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher, pastor of our Free Presbyterian Church here in Cloverdale, British Columbia. And we thank you for the privilege of bringing the word of the Lord to you today, wherever you may be. And I trust that the Lord will encourage your heart through this message in the book of Proverbs, chapter 18. A mighty fortress is our God. And it talks here about running into the strong tower. And I hope that you will learn this gospel lesson, that there is a place of safety from fear, from death, from judgment, from hell. There is salvation through faith in Jesus, the Son of God. And I beg you to run and this day claim all the grace that is in the Lord Jesus. My own personal testimony is that I was saved when I was 18 years old. I was growing up in a family farm back in Northern Ireland. I grew up as a Presbyterian. I was introduced to the Shorter Catechism, but I did not know Christ. And it was not until I heard the gospel clearly preached in a free Presbyterian church that I came to the understanding and to my sense of need to be saved and to be washed in the blood of Jesus. And praise God, I ran on September 1st, 1974. Yes, all those years ago, I ran to the tower to find refuge in Jesus. And here I am today preaching this gospel, calling you to run from danger into the safety that is in Christ. Stay tuned now as we turn to this passage, Proverbs chapter 
18. The Lord is your strong tower. See how each person who would ever enter heaven must attain perfect holiness. Every one of us must have a perfect righteousness. And you must have a record of personal purity that is equal to God himself. Now, our proverb aptly points out that there is nowhere else to go to find a righteousness that will meet the standard of God's holiness. God tells us to produce holiness. But the wonderful thing, the good news of the gospel is that he provides it in his Son and in the whole scheme of the gospel. And he gave his Son as the righteous worker to provide that perfect righteousness for us. Uh, and you're familiar, I'm sure, with Isaiah's claim that all our righteousnesses are as unclean rags, filthy, unsuitable. Where are you going to go to have this clean, holy righteousness before God? There is a tower, a person whom God has given us, and we must run to him. No excuses, no self-justification. We must run directly into the tower who is the Lord himself. And, of course, we have the cleansing power of his precious blood that cleanses us and washes us from all iniquity and from all sin. And so you need that righteousness to be holy in the sight of God. Run to him. Don't hesitate even for a moment. Now, the next point is the Lord's justice. And let me major again on the fact that to the believer, the justice of God speaks of peace and safety. I know that the law cannot save, and we do not rest on the law to bring us peace with God. But when Christ settles the account, when his work is done on our behalf, then the law demands that payment cannot twice be made in our place. And so to those who run to Christ as their strong tower to be saved, when we are justified by the Lord, the law has no more claim. The law has no more condemnation. We are declared righteous in his sight. That's the freedom, the peace, the pardon that the believer in the Lord Jesus enjoys. Our conscience is free, and peace is given to us. Romans 5.1 is a great text on this. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There is the tower. There is the Savior that you need and the safety 
that you will find in him. Your conscience is free. The judgment day will not be a terror because the law cannot payment twice demand. We are justified at the cross. If we are cleansed by the blood, then we can never be condemned or required to make payment again. And we will be among those who are blessed that are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. The future is settled. And sins that were paid for by our Lord Jesus 2,000 years ago at the cross, canceled by his blood, will never appear again. And should this world tarry for another thousand years, the blood of Christ will still bring peace to those that run to Christ for cleansing. And so tonight we have a strong tower that we can run to, even as we think of the justice of God. God's justice will never change, but he is satisfied through the work of the Lord Jesus. That brings us number five tonight, and I'm moving along really quickly here, uh, that you are saved by trusting in the Lord's goodness, in his goodness, because that's one of the characteristics or attributes of the Lord. While God is holy, we've learned that, God is just, his, he can never lower the standard of righteousness, yet he is good, and he desires all to be saved. There, God has no plan to send men to hell. He is yearning for men to turn and to be saved. And your readiness of heart opens up all the goodness of God to your very soul. And just as Joseph, when God providentially put him in the place that he was the, the prime minister of the land, all the food resources were in Joseph, and through him all were provided for. Is there want in your soul? Go to Joseph. Go to Christ. Is there emptiness in your heart? He will fill it. Is there loneliness? He'll befriend you. Is there barrenness, fruitlessness? The Lord can make you fruitful. He brought Israel out of a wilderness into a land of milk and honey, and the Lord specializes in that work. And God wants the very best for his own children. But you need to claim your possessions that are in Christ Jesus. He tells us tonight to go up to possess the land. And he that has given us his Son will withhold no good thing. That's the apostle's argument in Romans 8, that if God has given you his Son, delivered him up for us all, how shall he withhold? He has given us already his everything. And so you are safe in him, 
and all the goodness of God comes into your Christian life, your daily walk, through grace, through faith, through being rightly related to the Lord Jesus. And God has no desire to keep you or to keep his people out of glory, but rather his plan is to bring you in and bring you through to the enjoyment of the Lord's blessing. So going back to Proverbs now, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and there you will find all the goodness of God, all the provisions of God, all the mercy of God to your own soul. In this old world, there are people going in all directions trying to find mercy and help and peace and of course, they never find it. There's only one tower. There's only one Savior. There's only one place that you can go that you might find all of God's provision for your soul. And that, of course, is the Lord Jesus. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Do you count yourself safe tonight? This ties into the whole doctrine of the perseverance of the saints. Once you're saved today, you're saved for eternity. The purposes and the plan of God cannot feel. The work of Christ at Calvary cannot feel. When you put your faith in Christ, and that means running into the tower, then you are safe and you are the recipient of all the goodness of God that he can pour upon you. That brings us to the last attribute tonight, and that is to trust in the Lord's truth. Now, this name of the Lord, and that's what we read here in Proverbs 18, verse 10, this name of the Lord is synonymous with truth. He has staked his name or his reputation with every promise and every offer of the gospel. They are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. And if a man should ask for salvation, seeking it through the death of the Lord Jesus, and be turned away, then God is no longer God. He is no longer a God of truth. Truth will have failed. But thankfully tonight, we serve the Lord who cannot lie. That's his nature. He is upright, strictly righteous. He cannot deviate for, for, to the right or the left from what is absolutely correct. And therefore, we have one who is a God of truth who cannot lie. He cannot deceive. We're told that the Lord tempteth no man. Now, it does mean he tests. We know that God tested Abram when he was asked to offer up his son Isaac. What a terrible test that was. And God was able to say at the end of it all, now I know that you love me. And God will test us. 
And there are situations he puts us in where he wants to prove our loyalty and our love to him. But God will never deceive. He will never tempt. He will not mock. The Lord Jesus taught this in relation to prayer. When we ask for an egg, will he give us a scorpion? When we ask for bread, will he give us a stone? No, the Lord will not mock. And therefore, he will not disappoint. We need to revamp our thinking on this. As Christians, we have run into a strong tower. And the Lord will not fail us. He will not disappoint us. He will put his own name on every promise that you bring to the throne room of God. Now, I'm going to tie this back into prayer, because the promises of God are only as powerful in your life as the way by which you plead them. If you read through the Bible, you say, oh, that's a great promise. You may even mark it and say, that's a great statement. That's a great declaration God has made. And that is a very powerful oath or promise that he made. But you don't wing it home to God in prayer. If you don't spend time pleading that promise, well, then you're not running to the tower. You might be admiring the tower. You might say, boy, that's strong building. No one's going to get in out of there. But if you don't run into it, then you are not safe. And of course, every promise needs to be claimed by running with it right into the tower. This Bible really is like one big promise. The whole book, God has put his own name on it. This book is his truth. From Genesis to Revelation, you have the revelation of God and God's character, his name. And that's what we read of here in this text. The name of the Lord. God's name is stamped on this book. This is God's book. It is his inerrant and infallible word. And he will back it up every time. And we have every assurance of safety when we run to the Lord. Now, the question is, are we going to take God at his word? Are we going to live the Christian life just admiring? Or are we going to run into the tower and find our safety and our strength in the very presence, in the name of the Lord? That becomes the question as we wrap up here tonight. To those who need to be saved, we would say, do you really want to be saved? Do you really want to be a Christian? Then run into the tower. Don't, don't stop one yard away from it. Get inside. Make sure you're safe. To the Christian who wants to live in the power of the Lord and enjoy the, the promises of the Lord, we also need to run right into that tower. Now, is that the desire of your heart, then God is leading you. He's dealing with you, and he's calling you. 
to run into the tower and find his safety. And if you hear his voice, don't ignore it. Run, hide, take safety in the very presence of the Lord. That's what a Christian must do. And especially in these days of opposition, and I wouldn't call it violent persecution, but of sarcastic, bitter, negative opposition. Christians are feeling it. The Church of Christ is feeling it. And the answer that we need to discover is that our hope, our confidence, is in the name of the Lord. And we need to run and live in very close fellowship with Him. And the church of the Lord Jesus needs to rally to the prayer meetings, to the various ministry meetings of the church, that we might be strong in the Lord. Now, I can't turn this metaphor now that the church is the tower. But when you're feeding on Christ, when you're feeding on the Savior, looking to Him, then you're in the tower. And if in the church of Christ, that is where you find it, then you might say that this is the door to the tower. This is the entranceway. And if we don't use those means, then we will be at a distance.
Thank you for joining us here on Let the Bible Speak. That was Proverbs 18, the Lord, our strong tower. If I can be of any personal help to you in your search to know the Lord, feel free to give me a call, send me an email, or drop me a note. We'd love to hear from you just to know that you're listening into the program, and I trust that these messages will stir your heart to seek the Lord. Um, We're offering our study notes. These are on the book of Genesis, and through this week we've been looking at chapter 4. The summary of the passage is uh, that this chapter sets up the two lines. There is the line of Cain, which is the line of rebellion to God. These are the unbelievers. And then there's the line of Seth. Now, Seth was born, uh, we read of that at the end of chapter 4, and he, his name means substitute because he replaces Abel. And it is from the line of Seth that the knowledge of God was preserved until the time of the great flood. Seth's name means appointed or substitute and may have been so named with an eye to the promise of a Savior. And through this line, men learned to depend on God as they called on the Lord's name. This meant that they resorted to the power of prayer to commune with God and enjoy his favor. And so we have all these lines of thought right here in uh, these closing verses of Genesis chapter 4. And I'd like you to receive these notes. I trust that they will be a, a basis of study for you. And you can receive these online on PDF form. Uh, if you go to uh, Let the Bible Speak Resources, to Bible Studies, and uh, to Genesis. And they're there chapter by chapter. And I hope that they will be a blessing to you. This is Ian Golliher thanking you for joining with us. We'd love to hear from you. And, of course, if you'd like to be a friend of radio, uh, join us by partnering here Go to our website. You'll see the ways by which you can donate. And we thank you in the Savior's name for standing with us as we preach the gospel by letting the Bible speak. Now we move to our announcements. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. Call me, please, at 604-897-2040. For all the details of our broadcasts across Canada, go to ltbs.ca. This broadcast comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, located at 18790 58th Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. Our website is cloverdealfpc.ca and there you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons, a gospel booklet called A New Beginning and a link to watch our services online. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30am and 6pm to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of His precious Word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day at 9.30 a.m. from September to June. 
You can contact us at 604-567-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdalefpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please visit our website at cloverdalefpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will bring you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. This is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today. And be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our one-hour church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of his word.